This podcast is produced by Audiofy. Hello and welcome to New Covenant Perspectives with Pastor Ken Reed. My name is Herson Gonzalez. I am from Audiofy Productions, the very proud publisher and producer of uh, many of the works of Pastor Ken. And I'm glad that you found uh, this podcast today. With that, let's bring in Pastor Ken Reed. Hello, Pastor. How are you today? Likewise, my friend, uh, it's always fun to hear your voice. This is the highlight of my week, one of them, as I get to kind of listen to you, share what God has put in your heart. And we're in the middle of a really tasty um, uh, series about strategy. We've This is week three, and for those that have heard one and two, get ready for more of the same. For those of you that are just listening to, to, to episode three, that's okay. Listen to this episode and go back and listen to one and two. They're going to bless your socks off. It's time for today's, today's word, word on New Covenant Perspectives. Well, I, I always say that I like to give just a little brief um background, we talked about the word strategy, and like I said, as a pastor, um, my primary focus um, for the body of Christ is the strategy, the war that's being waged against the body of Christ, this strategy, uh, the tactical strategy that's being used by the enemy. Um, One of the things we said is that for a strategy to be effective, um, it must be undetected and cloaked or cloaked in a natural environment, and I... I, uh, said that that's what the enemy does. He's a very subtle, the Bible says, you know, he comes as an angel of light. He's always, he never appears to be as he really is and his motivations are always hidden. And so we think that someone is your friend and then later on you find find out that they weren't your friend at all. All they really wanted to do to get close to you was because they wanted to find out um, where you were going to be on a certain day so that they could have their friends rob your house. And, you know, it was just that kind of thing. And so his motivations are always corrupt. His motivations are always for your loss and my loss. Um, the scripture says that uh, in John ten ten, he says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I always like to say, you know, smart thieves only try and steal from people that have something. You know, if you're a smart thief, and he's the father of the thieves, a smart thief isn't really trying to break in to, you know, the person's who's the homeless person's tent and steal his, you know, his bag of chips. No, a smart thief is trying to break into a rich person's home a person that actually has some substance so that when he steals, he can steal something that he perceives that's of value. And so as a believer, one of the reasons that the enemy is waging war against believers specifically is because there's something that God has set in each and every one of us that's valuable, and the enemy wants to steal that. Secondly, what he wants to, the strategy that he's using and what he wants to steal is your realization, the revelation, right, that you are a tactical piece in the kingdom that God has established for his detriment. 
He does not want you realizing and recognizing that as you stand your ground just in Christ Jesus, that you are waging war right, against his whole system and that you are being a light that shines in dark places and light always drives back darkness. And when darkness is driven back, the things that are hidden in darkness can be exposed. And you see, so the enemy does not want you to realize that God's hand is on you and that God has empowered and anointed you to be that light. The Bible says that you and I are both light that shines in dark places, but it also says that we are salt. And, you know, when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, there are, I believe there are three chapters of the Sermon on the Mount. If I remember correctly, I think there are 115 verses in that portion of Scripture. And out of the 115 verses, 109 verses are Jesus making a comparison or a parallel to the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. But the other six verses, he's establishing an identity. He's saying, you are salt and you are light. And then he goes back and he talks about the impact and the power of salt and light. And I want to encourage you, brethren, and, and sisters, when I say brethren, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, a godly term. I'm encouraging the body of Christ to realize and to recognize on this day that God has invested himself in you. The Bible says as a new believer in Christ Jesus that the Holy Spirit is residing in you. The greater one is in you. Greater is he who's in you. First John chapter 4. Greater is he who's in you than, and I like to say it this way, than he who would wage war against you. Than he that would come against you with his strategy. And even though his strategy never changes, it was highly effective. Personally, on a personal uh, personal position, you and I are powerless against his strategy unless we surrender to God's process, A, becoming a believer, B, putting on the whole armor of God. And we, we looked at that last week and just really quick, Ephesians chapter 6 and it's the first, first couple of verses, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says, starting right out, put on the whole armor. And I like to say the whole armor. And by the way, when you put the armor on, put it on correctly. I, I, I jokingly say I can see some guy, you know, he's walking down the street. He's got the, the helmet of salvation on, but it's tilted up just a little bit. He's got that Philadelphia slide thing going on. <laughs> and you know he's he, you know he's got one side covered and the other side is open, and when the enemy shoots the fiery darts, right? He's the fiery darts are loaded with poison and they hit him in the side of the head, the part that just tilted up a little bit. And when the darts hit, they inject their poison into his mind, and he becomes incapable of of thinking the right thoughts and and. It's incapable. It undermines his capacity to think about the Lord in the right way, to make wise decisions. It just has a negative impact on his life. So, beloved, God has provided the armor. It's tailor-made just for you. It's designed to fit you perfectly. Designed to fit you perfectly. As a matter of fact, when you put on the whole armor of God, it fits you so perfectly, you don't even look like you anymore. You don't even look like you. You look like Jesus Christ. That's what you look like when you put the whole armor on. But 
He says, put on the whole armor of God, and it's so that the reason you do it is so that you might be enabled or able to stand against the wild strategies of the devil. And we talked about that word methodia. That's the word that's used there. And we said that that word is only used in relationship to the devil, just like the word agape is only used in relationship to the love that God has for you and I. And then the scripture tells us we our wrestling match is not against flesh and blood. Now notice, beloved, right? This is warfare. This is warfare. You and I, I mean, the, the, this is not heaven. Where When we get to heaven, there'll be no warfare. You know, you can sleep late. You know what I mean? You can get up early. You can do anything you want to do. You can just bask in the, the heavenly sun. But this is not heaven. You and I are continuously and constantly under attack from the enemy. You say, well, I'm just so tired. Well, the reason you're tired is because you're not fighting properly. You're fighting physically. You're fighting in the flesh, and you're, and you're becoming exhausted because you're, you're fighting flesh and blood. But when you move in the spirit, the Bible says very clearly, I love it in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, the Lord says to Jehoshaphat, even though you're facing a great army, Jehoshaphat, he says, listen, the battle is not yours, but the Lord, right? And that has never changed. The battle is not your battle, but you and I are called to stand our ground, right? And he who began the work is the one who continues to work. But you and I are called to stand our ground. We're called to face the enemy, stand our ground, trusting in all that the Lord has provided in us and through us. And that's why we are more than conquerors. And that's why none of the weapons that sets themselves against us can prosper. And the weapons that sets itself against us, verse 12 says, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we are wrestling says, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this dark age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The spiritual host of wickedness, that sounds like a whole lot, right? That's not just one. That's, there's a host of wickedness. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that a third of the angelic beings, host of heaven, followed the enemy when he attempted to overthrow the kingdom of God. There was a third of the angels that followed him. So there's a host of them, but it doesn't make a difference. It's not to make us fearful when you understand in Christ Jesus what the Lord has provided for you. And the Lord has more than made sure that nothing could hurt you or, 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 or happen to you. You know, if you can imagine it's a freezing day, it's, you know, 10 degrees below zero and the wind is blowing. Well, if you're outside in a thin shirt or just a light jacket, you're going to be in trouble. But boy, if you went outside and you had on this L.L. Bean, you know, four-star snowsuit and your, the hat and the gloves, you could be outside. It could be 20 degrees below zero. The weather, even though the environment is horrific, it's not. it doesn't affect you because you're, you're dressed for it. You're dressed for it. And that's what the Lord is saying. It doesn't make a difference how many of the enemies surround you, right? Because the, you're dressed for it when you have the armor of God. And then he says, take up the whole armor again so that you may be able to withstand. And then I said, it's interesting. You see God's heart here. Withstand in the evil day. And the evil day is any day that the enemy targets you. And having done all, stand, right? You've done everything you can do. Now you say stand. 
Now, how do you stand? Stand with your loins girt about with truth. You are convinced that the things that God said is true. Because remember, right from the very beginning, we looked at this uh, the last couple of weeks in Genesis, what the enemy says, you know, his only weapon against the church, this is very important. Now hear this, Satan's only weapon against the church, he doesn't have more power to, than, than the church. He doesn't have more power than the children of God. He doesn't have, he's not stronger or any of those things, the things that you might imagine that you see on television. You know what I mean? Like, ooh, he's so strong. But that, none of that is, is, is valid against you and I as children of God. His only weapon that he executes against you and me and, right, he can be successful, right, is the lie. His only weapon is the lie. And that's why, right, the Bible says, when you look throughout the scripture, there's only one thing the Bible says that will set you free, right? And what is that? Somebody say it with me. Truth. Truth sets you free. If you continue in my word, Jesus says, then you will know what's true and truth will set you free. And by the way, as you remain in the truth, truth will keep you free, right? And so when we look at the armor, the first piece of the armor is having your loins Gird about the belt of truth around your waist because truth holds everything else together. So that's why it's so important. A, we know what's true. Second, we mix faith with what's true, Hebrews chapter 4. We must mix faith with the things that are true, right? And thirdly, in this scripture, we stand our ground. Having done all that we can do, now we stand our ground in that process. So it's Pastor Ken's three-step program. Know what's true. Mix faith with the truth and then stand your ground. The scripture says it's through faith and patience is how we inherit the promises of God. God is honored when you trust him, when you believe him, when you're standing your ground. You said, Lord, I'm being warred against, but I believe that your word is true God is honored. He brags on us. He says, look at that devil. You've thrown everything at my son. You've thrown everything at my daughter. You've, you've, every situation has worked against them. You look what you did. And look, they're just standing there honoring me. God is so proud. He's bragging. Now he says, now because they've honored me, now watch this. And so boom, just like that, everything falls in place. You experience a depth of fellowship in the Holy Spirit and a victory that is above and beyond all you're able to ask or imagine, right? And it says, according to the power that's at work in you, Ephesians 3 and 20. But beloved, I'm telling you, God is honored. So we want to make sure that we have the whole armor on. Like I said, we don't want to have the belt unbuckled. We don't want to have our shoes untied, right? Because if you're fighting a war and you're, 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 you're the old, the old, if you watch the old cowboy movies, you know, they, when they put their guns on, it had to be just at the right. He had to make sure that the guns were in the right place and the belt fit him just right. Because if he was going to, in a draw, he was going to draw on somebody in a showdown. He couldn't have his gun out of place. Couldn't be too high or too low because that fraction of a second could cost him his life. And then it says, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, I mentioned the fiery darts before, and I, I have this image 
that you you've seen the darts in a dartboard. So they're like you know these little small projectiles, and there's a fat part, and in the fat part is all the corruption and poisonous lies that the enemy has put in in this little dart. And he's looking at a believer, and he goes, "Oh, there's somebody they don't have on the helmet of self. They may have the helmet of salvation, but they don't have the belt of truth around their waist." And boom! Now listen, when he flings a, a dart, he's not just flinging just one. Sometimes he flings five or six or seven at a time. And then all it takes is one of those darts, ping, to just pierce you. And the moment they pierce you, they're rejecting their lies. And now you begin to struggle with things that are not true. And, the, and if you're wrestling with things that are not true, right, all of a sudden, the lie can begin to undermine other areas of your life. So, Right here, now, I want us to talk about here, I want us to see, and I, I refer to this section as hidden strategy. This is the hidden strategy. I'm going to read here um, Matthew chapter 3 uh, through uh, the last four or five verses of Matthew chapter 3, starting with verse uh, 13. The scene is John is baptizing, and Jesus shows up, and in the Gospel of John, Jesus, John, in the Gospel of John, John sees Jesus come and he says, Behold, oh, here he is, the Lamb of God who's taking away the sins of the world. But in Matthew's account, Matthew says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? And Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this so that we fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. Now, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he comes up out of the water. And at that moment, now listen, heaven was opened, and he, John, that John is the he here, he, John, saw the Holy Spirit of God descending in the form of a dove and lighting on him Jesus. And now a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. So now let's get this picture in your mind, and then we're going to move to the next portion of Scripture because I want us to see the hidden strategy. So here we have Jesus being baptized. John is baptizing him, and immediately the Holy Spirit comes out from heaven upon Jesus, right? The anointing comes upon him, right? And now a voice, the heavens open, and now the voice, we know who the voice is, the voice of God himself says, this is my son. So God is speaking his word. He anointed his son with his spirit, and now he, he declares a word, this is my son, whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. Okay, so that's the setting. Now, chapter four, the very next verse it says, at that point, Jesus is led up by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness for the purpose of being tempted by the devil, right? And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, look, if you're the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, now look, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. And the devil says this time, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. 
And Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And then again, the devil took him up one more time up to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he says to Jesus, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, get away from me, Satan. And he says, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And then the devil left him. Now listen, for a season. Somebody needs to repeat that with me. For a season. For a season. Right? And behold, angels came and worshiped him. Now what we're going to do here is we're going to take a look at the four strategies or the one strategy but the four components of that strategy in our next session we'll take a look at them and um, hopefully we'll be able to see some things that will be very very beneficial for you i want to just take a moment and pray with you before our time comes to an end here father i want to thank you for being a god of grace and mercy thank you father for preparing us and providing for us all of your children every single thing we need Lord, even the faith, Lord, sometimes I've heard believers say, well, but if I just had more faith, oh, Lord, I pray that you would encourage them to understand that you have already provided a measure or the measure of faith, all the faith that every member of the body needs all of their life to face any situation you have already set in them. That faith is already there. And all they have to do is choose to believe it. Choose to activate it by simply saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you and not myself. Lord, I'm going to trust you and not my feelings. Lord, I'm going to trust you and not the situation, the, the evidence that the situation is, 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 is pouring on me. I'm not going to trust that. I'm going to trust your promises. Father, I pray that they be blessed with that peace in their spirit and that wisdom. And I speak the name Jesus Christ on all of our behalf. And we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Ken, uh, for sharing. Uh, and uh, uh, on our next episode, we will be coming to um, the climax and the end of the series on strategy. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I know it has been. Uh, if you want to see Pastor Ken live, you can do that every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at the Hilton Gardens Hotel downstairs. I'm sorry, downtown in Worcester, Mass, 35 Major Taylor Boulevard. That's in the upper level conference room. And I'm telling you what, if you're enjoying the podcast, imagine being live. Uh, be there with him and his congregation as you worship God and receive instruction from the Lord. Uh, if you want to contact contact us, please do that at New Kingdom Worship Center at gmail.com. All of this information is in the liner notes of the podcast, which I want to also mention all of the books that he has written are there. All the links are there. Uh, you can catch his his, his books, audiobooks, and um, uh, ebooks. All that you need. Uh, we've made it available to you real easy here. Uh, so please do that for us. Let us know you're listening. Let us know how God is touching you and speaking to you in a mighty way. Also, lastly, I know I'm asking a lot, but could you please? like, share, and subscribe wherever you're listening. Uh, it really helps uh, with the algorithm. If you write a comment, it helps our algorithm. It helps sh uh, It helps spread 
our message and lets other people find us. If you like us, if you share us, if you make a comment, so we appreciate your help and we will check you out next week on week four of strategy. God bless you.